Good morning, Rocky Valley. Good Palm Sunday. We are one week out from Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Um, got a few announcements. So first off, uh, we will have an Easter egg hunt here at the church this coming Saturday. So April the 3rd at 6 p.m. We do need candy for eggs. We have plenty of eggs, and I think this is a, and obviously at 6 p.m. this is going to be a night egg hunt, and they're going to put little lights in the eggs. Uh, but we need candy. So individually wrapped candies, bring them up here to the church. Uh, get them up here as soon as we can so we can get these eggs stuffed. Uh, also, women's Bible study. Uh, there is, uh, they are starting a 10-week study starting Wednesday, April the 14th at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Sign-up sheet is in the Welcome Center. Uh, the title is Joshua, Replacing Worry with Faith, and the cost is $10 for all the materials. Um, I believe, uh, I'm assuming that's going to meet every Wednesday. And then uh, Women's Day. So this is something new. There is a Women's Day coming up this May the 8th. This is a Saturday. And so this is a, first off, this is a free event. So this is going to be a simulcast from some of, um, a lot of different speakers that are going to be well known to a lot of people that, that follow uh, women's ministry. Um, so it's going to begin at 8 a.m. in the fellowship hall, May the 8th. Uh, it's, breakfast will be served, and I believe lunch is provided as well. Uh, the simulcast will begin, and it will go all day until 4 p.m. If you have other questions or, or anything, you can see Jennifer for details. We do have a, not a sign-up sheet, but there is going to be a sign-up link on the website and the Facebook that you can go to to RSVP. We need this. This is important that you get on here so we have a head count for uh, food. But it's free. Otherwise, come and enjoy yourself with worship and fellowship uh, with the ladies here starting on May the 8th. Uh, also, VBS. So VBS this year, it, it, you know, we got COVIDed out of VBS last year, I guess is the term we can use. But we are having VBS this year, June 14th through the 18th. I believe it's a medieval castle theme. We're asking the church to please donate Capri Sun juice boxes or I guess uh, you know, any kind of juice box, individually juice box for kids. I think we normally target about 100 a, a day, so for five days, so we need about 500 juice boxes. So um, if you would like to donate those, you can bring those into the fellowship hall and we will stack them up. If you have other questions, you can see Emily Gray for further details. Also, nursery. If you are on the nursery rotation, uh, praise the Lord, I believe we have seven-week rotation going on, so there is not a lot of, you won't have, be having to do this every other week, but the uh, schedule is completely filled out for all of 2021, and it is posted by the nursery. So please, if you are on the nursery rotation, go back there, see what days that you're doing it. If any of those days are a conflict with a vacation or something that you're planning, just get with Alexa, and she said that she's more than happy to work with you and kind of get it rotated around. She's going to put her phone number on there as well, so you can, uh, I guess, text her and just get a hold of her and uh, get that ironed out. But I believe that's all the announcements that we have. Anything? All right. I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started here. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for today. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be in your house, Lord, this morning to worship you this Palm Sunday. Lord, I just pray for, for this coming week, Lord, as we, Lord, as, as odd as it sounds, Lord, as we celebrate, Lord, the resurrection, and in order for there to be a resurrection, Lord, there had to be a death. And Lord, we just, we're so thankful that you did not end it there, Lord, that you rose again one week from today, Lord, and we are looking so forward to that. Lord, and I just ask that you continue to be with our church, Lord, be with our community, Lord, and, and all those that are affected by floodwaters this morning. Lord, I just pray for their safety, Lord, first and foremost, their safety, Lord. But I just pray, Lord, that you comfort them in this time, Lord, and just provide them what they need. Lord, be with those on our prayer list that need a healing touch from you, that are fighting cancer, other illnesses, Lord, and just continue to guide us as the church this year, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Forgive us where we fail you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you, Chris. I don't have any announcements per se, but if you do have an announcement and you want it printed in the church bulletin, I have a request. Please try to get it to me by Friday morning at 10 a.m., okay? Not Saturday at 10 p.m. Sometimes you miss the boat if you go Saturday at 10 p.m. So Friday morning, if you don't have my number, find me after church. Hey, I need to put this in the bulletin. I'll make sure it gets in there for you, okay? Before we, let's just address the elephant in the room. What do you think? Isn't that pretty? The guys did a great job. The painter's coming back, I think, to do a little more work. And, and I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. So um, shout out to Mr. Matt Holloman and his crew. Uh, for doing a fine job and for beautifying our already beautiful sanctuary. Um, it is Palm Sunday. Uh, you know, we might not be able to plant some palm trees. They probably grow in this wet climate. Um, but anyway, I'll turn your attention. Also, we do not have the storm knocked out our TVs. So bear with us on words. You guys, uh, for the hymns that we will sing, I'll give you those numbers. They're in the red book in front of you, okay? Otherwise, you'll just have to uh, pretend, say, watermelon, 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 just over and over. And we'll thank you singing, okay? I'll turn your attention to the scripture, Matthew 21, verse 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and, as, and did as Jesus commanded them, they brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and sent and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Will you stand to your feet this morning as we sing about his triumphal entry, singing Hosanna, loud Hosanna.
because he first loved me. It is so good to be here uh, in the house of the Lord this morning. We're so glad you were able to join us uh, here for worship at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. Uh, those of you who had to drive your boat this morning, we hope you found the boat parking in the rear uh, to be sufficient. Uh, we just put that in this morning. Um, that being said, guys, listen, hey, uh, those of you who are watching online, you won't be watching till later. Uh, so you're not going to get to catch it live. Uh, our screens are down. Uh, so we, uh, we're, getting a, we're getting a dose of what it was like to have church like 10 years ago. <gasps> so, hey, we're going to get through it. Uh, listen, sometimes, sometimes we need to lose one or two of our creature comforts to realize how good we have it. Amen? So uh, here's the good news. Jesus is still on the throne. The Bible is still the truth. And we're still going to worship corporately here together this morning. I'm so glad uh, that you came out this morning. For those who couldn't come out, you watch this later. Uh, listen, we understand. We hope you're safe. Uh, I want to put this out there to the church. Uh, this is one of those opportunities. This is one of those opportunities where due to Mother Nature, we could very well have an opportunity to serve. So church, I just want you to know this. If your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, if there's someone who has damage from the flood, who needs some help, I want you to let me know, okay? Uh, because there's a world of people in here that would love nothing better than to go help. I saw this church mobilized during the tornado last year like nobody's business. Listen, we had a table of food set up that would feed workers like you wouldn't believe. We had businesses trying to set tables up that didn't compare with Rocky Valley's table. And we did so good with it that there wasn't even enough left for me to eat when it was over, which upset me. But that was okay. But listen, if you know somebody who needs some help, I want you to let me know, and we're going to get them the help they need, be it bodies or, or people there or resources or whatever we need to do. So please let me know that. Let's open in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for this day, this opportunity to gather in your house to worship your holy name. Father, uh, I thank you even for the storms and the inconveniences that we see that we would realize that we have nothing without you, God. And that we must rely on you completely, Father, that when the storms rage and the waters rise, it is completely a reminder that we don't have control over those things, Father God. And we must depend on you for our provision and our protection. And we thank you, Jesus, for our provision and our protection. God, we pray that you would be with all of those who have damaged, all those who have uh, injured, Father God. We pray that you would give us an opportunity to share how much we love you with those folks through this, Lord God, that someone would see you glorified in this storm. Father Jesus, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, he's very right. You know, not, I mean, if the lights went out, the piano doesn't require electricity, and neither do the drums or the guitar. You've got an upright bass you can bring. And not every church has got a kerosene chandelier they could light to read the hymns by. So we're set. Hey, let's continue to worship one and only living God. Sing about his great mercy. Lost are saved by their way at the sun Your great name. 
107.
church said we all got that I was walking I had my back to you y'all still caught on y'all are good musicians must have woke you up this morning if you have your Bibles make your way to Matthew chapter 25 if you have your Bibles go ahead and be making your way to Matthew chapter 25 and we'll be picking up in the 19th verse this morning but we gather together this morning and if you looked out the windows now and looked at the sunshine, you wouldn't believe that a few hours ago we had lightning and rain like we had. But let me tell you, any day we get to gather together here with the saints at Rocky Valley, it's a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? I would like to thank all of those as we start who were able uh, to come out yesterday for the work day, who braved the rain uh, to do so. We had a great turnout. Doing some deep cleaning, some decluttering, uh, and just just really pulled our sleeves up and got some things done here. Those of you who couldn't, uh, I certainly understand. Uh, those who couldn't get out, maybe the rains, maybe just schedule conflicts, whatever. Uh, but those of you who came out, I want to thank you. It's always a great honor and privilege to serve with you uh, here on those work days. That being said, this week uh, is what the church knows historically as Holy Week. So this week that's coming up is known as Holy Week through church history. And so this morning as we get started, uh, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. So Palm Sunday, it marks, of course, uh, as the text was read earlier, the, the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem astride the donkey's colt, and they laid the palm branches down uh, in his path. Those who didn't have palm branches even took their clothes and laid them in the path of Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem this Friday. Uh, we will gather back together at 6.30 celebrating what is known as Good Friday. And the, uh, the theme around our Good Friday this service, this, this year, uh, will be It Is Finished. And I'm excited for our Good Friday service. Good Friday is one of my favorite services of the year. Last year, uh, we had to do it uh, virtually. Uh, we were right in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Uh, and so we had to do it virtually. And so I'm excited to come back in for our Good Friday service this year on the theme of it is finished Saturday evening, our egg hunt and picnic at 6 o'clock. Uh, those of you who are thinking 6 o'clock, getting kind of late, Brother Jason, how they going to hunt eggs? Well, they're going to hunt them in the dark. They're going to glow in the dark. So if you've never been part of a glow-in-the-dark Easter hug hunt, this Saturday is your opportunity. However, disclaimer, I've never been a part of a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt, so if it's a train wreck, we'll move inside and do a, a lit inside egg hunt okay uh, but so we will have our egg hunt and our picnic this Saturday uh, at 6 uh, we need candy for that I don't brother Chris probably covered that earlier but I want to just put it out there we have plenty of eggs 
We need lots of candy. Uh, so bring in candy for that. If you'd like to just give uh, financially for the candy fund, uh, you can let <laughs> Miss Candy know. Um, <laughs> Halloween and, and, and Easter, always I feel weird when I say to give money for candy, give it to candy. Um, so but see Miss Candy, let her know that it, it's for candy and she will uh, get that taken care of. Uh, so, and then next Sunday morning, 6 a.m., sunrise service, followed by a small breakfast. This, we're not going to cook here, uh, so we ask you to bring uh, biscuits, uh, pastries, breakfast casserole, something that you can bring uh, and share with everyone who stays, but we'll meet at 6 a.m. in the rear of the church, have our sunrise service, come in, eat breakfast, go home, put on your fancy clothes, and come back at 1030 uh, to our Easter service, or stay in your pajamas and come back at 1030. I don't really care. Uh, but it's up to you. Uh, if you've never been to a sunrise service, the reason I say stay in your pajamas, some folks will be in their pajamas, and that's okay. Uh, it's early in the morning. We realize that. Uh, but we'll be done with breakfast. You'll get to go home. You can even catch a nap uh, so you don't have to wait and nap during the sermon that morning. So uh, we want to invite everybody to take part in Holy Week. I know that's a lot of announcements. I wanted to get it out there, though. Uh, they're on the not on the screen. <laughs> they would have been on the screen, but they're not now. Uh, in the providence of God, he said they're going to have to listen to what you say. So they're not on the screen. Uh, if they were, they would have said everything that I just told you, though. Uh, so uh, there they are. Uh, all of that will be on our Facebook page as well starting this, this week. <coughs> so that will be posted this morning with Holy Week Reminder. So follow us on Facebook and look in there. So that being said, I know that's a lot of announcements to start the sermon, a lot of things going on. And some of you are thinking, good Lord, he preaches long enough without announcements at the beginning. But I wanted to get those out there and make sure everybody uh, hears them. Uh, and then one more uh, about the coming weeks. Let's not forget the Sunday following Easter, we will start back with Sunday school classes. So we will start our Sunday school classes back 930 the Sunday following Easter. So I know that was a lot to cover. We got through it by God's grace. You guys aren't able to time me because that wasn't really preaching. And now we can get started. So we'll be continuing our study of Matthew chapter 25 this morning, looking at the remainder of the parable that we started last week, commonly known as the parable of the talents. So this, this study that we've been going through, uh, we are in the Olivet Discourse. This, of course, is the uh, sermon that Jesus preached, Jesus to his disciples in response to their question, when will you set up your eternal kingdom? And Jesus then begins to preach a sermon where he begins to teach them the signs that they can look for to show them that the age of his kingdom is at hand. But it's very clear through it all that while we know his return is coming, so he makes it clear over and over again to his disciples, the return is coming, my eternal kingdom is coming. However, we have no way of knowing when exactly that day will be. And Jesus even tells his disciples on a couple of occasions, I don't even know in this current state when that day is going to be. Only the Father in heaven knows. And so Jesus is really preaching this message throughout Matthew chapter 24. The time is coming, you better be ready. I'm coming back, you better be ready. When doesn't matter as much as the fact that it is set in stone that Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. You heard that old gospel song, Jesus is coming soon. They would then go, morning or night or noon. I couldn't do that, but Jesus is coming soon, right? And so we hear that, and I know some people go, well, how long have they been singing that song? Where is he at? In, in relative terms, we, we haven't been on this earth that long. Right, And a day with Jesus is as a thousand years on this earth. So Jesus is coming soon, soon being a relative term to us because we think of everything by our time clock. But the prophetic clock of Jesus says that he is coming and he's coming 
soon. We don't know when, we just know that he's coming. Now last week we dove into the parable of the talents and we realized two things really from those first few verses. One, we realized we have a tremendous responsibility as those who call themselves children of God. So for those of us who are saved, we have been chosen by the master, we have been given our talents, we've been given our abilities, we've been given all of these things we have and we have a tremendous responsibility as the bride of Christ to do out the work in the kingdom until his return and so we said we have a tremendous responsibility we are the method by which the kingdom of Jesus will grow Jesus will use his bride his people to fulfill his great commission and, and so we said we have a tremendous responsibility when's the master coming back we don't know but what we do know is we have a calling on our lives that we must fulfill until that time and that was the second thing we looked at is what is our response to this responsibility so we have this calling and what are we going to do with it and so we looked we saw that the servant that had the five talents and the two talents worked faithfully worked diligently served his master well and his talents were doubled and then we had one servant who had received just one talent and that guy just dug a hole and buried it and waited on the master to come back and went and dug it up when the master came back with no growth and no gain and so this morning we'll be looking at the rest of that story and what happens when the master comes to town so what happens when the master comes to town I want to ask you if you're able to please stand in the house this morning in honor and reverence of the reading of the holy word of our holy God from Matthew chapter 25 and we will pick up in verse 19 and after a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents, and look, I've gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. And he who also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, and look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. And look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth let us pray father God we pray you be glorified this morning as we gather father that every song that we have sung unto you has been unto you like a sweet incense a sweet savor and father that as we read and study your word everything we say everything we do every word about to be preached would be accurate expositionally and pleasing to you father God Father, we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory because you're worthy. And it's in your precious name that we pray this morning. And all of God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. 
First thing we're going to look at this morning is there is a truthful reckoning. There is a truthful reckoning. Verse 20, we have the master return in verse 19. He says he returns after a long time. So the master is gone for a very long time. And we said last week that most likely if he were taking a trip, he would be gone for a very long time. Not maybe years, maybe months. We don't know how long he was gone. But we know he was gone for a long time. In verse 20, after he returns and settles the accounts, there is a response. There is a reckoning from the master as they reconcile the accounts with him. The first to come is the one with five talents. And he says, Lord, you gave me five portions with which to work. Uh, God, you get, you, master, you gave me five talents, five measures of this currency with which to work in your kingdom. And I took the five that you gave me and I worked diligently and I worked faithfully and I worked obediently doing what you called me to do. And look, master, you've doubled what I had. You have doubled what you've given me and I gladly return it to you, father. I, I gladly return it to you, master. Here it is. Now you have ten talents. You gave me five, you blessed the five, and now you have ten. Verse 22, we have a similar response from the other servant who had gotten the two talents. You gave me two, you gave me two, and I was obedient to stimulate your kingdom. I was obedient to go out and do what you told me to do. I was obedient to do well, and here's two more. You've doubled my portion that you've given me. We worked as you commanded, and we doubled the portion before you, Master. So the Master's gone for a long time. In fact, he was gone for so long and it was so unknown that when he was coming back that most would say that many in the kingdom began to wonder if the master was even coming back. Many began to wonder if he had gone and something had happened and he was not going to make it back. But we understand a parable to be this, an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. And so we, we said last week that just like the parable of the ten virgins that come before us, this parable is about the kingdom of heaven. And so the master, of course, is Jesus. And as Jesus ascended into heaven and gave the marching orders to the disciples, he said, I I'm going away. Here's your marching orders. I want you to go teach them all of my ways, making disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'm with you always. And that's the direction that he gave, and then he ascended into heaven. And he had already told them that I don't know when I'm coming back, but I'm coming back. He he's teaching them this here. I don't know when I'm coming back. I just know that I'm coming back. And so it's really the same as this master in the parable who said, I'm going away, and I'm going to come back, and I'm not sure when that time's going to be, but it's going to be a long time. Now, just like we have in today, I, I would say that if you looked around, the further that we get from Jesus' ascension into heaven, that happened thousands of years ago, the further away from that we get, the more the world around us begins to say, y'all are lunatics for believing he's coming back. Y'all, in fact, are lunatics for believing he existed in the first place. The world begins to look around and say, what in the world do y'all bother to get up and go through the flooded conditions of this town and drive your rear ends to church to sit and hear some lunatic preacher who's given his week to study in this word of God that doesn't exist because if he existed, he would have already come back. In fact, if he existed, he'd have never left you the way you are in the first place. In fact, if he says he's coming back, where is he? And that's what the world would say around us, amen? We see it all the time. And the further and further away we get, the more we see that. How do you know we see that, Brother Jason? Look at the way the world looks. Look at the way the world looks. Think about how it looked in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why did it look that way? Well, if you study the Word of God, you'll find because since creation, thousands of years had passed, and people forgot that God existed. 
And so they began to, to serve themselves and do what they wanted to do and forget about the ways of the Lord until they were so depraved that the Lord had to rain down fire and brimstone upon that town and destroy it. Because when, when Abraham said, let me see if I can find a few, he couldn't even find a few to save the town, right? And so we have that same situation going on today. We've gotten so far removed from the faithful times, from the remnant, that people begin to look around and go, well, I mean, the master must not be coming back. And then they go logically, well, there must not be a master. In fact, people have become so intelligent in their stupidity that rather than say there was ever a master in the first place that created this whole thing, they say something really smart like, well, there was nothing. Y'all go with me. This is science. There was nothing. But suddenly nothing began to combust. And it turned into everything. Now, I'm going to use this example, best one I got. I have online banking on my telephone. And when I use my debit card until the point that there is 0.00, .00 on the banking app, do you know what never has happened? Nothing has never become something. No matter how many times I swipe my debit card at the Walmart, if it says 0.00, .00 there's no big bang in my bank account. Right? We understand this theory, right? If you have nothing, and it's, I'm going to give you all a good multiplication lesson right here. Something times nothing equals nothing. If you have nothing, and it splits and doubles, it's still nothing. I don't get it. But yet, We've got so intelligent, we say, well, he must not be coming back. In fact, he never existed in the first place in the nothingness that was nothing before there was anything. Nothing split and it created everything. And then in the midst of everything, we began to develop from single-cell organisms that couldn't even breathe, talk, walk, think, or have any brain or heart or anything else into what we are today. And I'm going to tell you, we've been what we are today for a long time. We've quit evolving. Something's wrong with us. Because really, we should be better than we are if evolution is true. We kind of hit the brakes somewhere along the way. And I can go to the zoo and see monkeys. What are they, people that forgot to continue to evolve? I don't get it. Now listen, this is the kind of stuff we deal with. Why? Why do we deal with it? Because as the world gets further and further and further and further and further away from the master going away, we begin to say things like, there must not be a master because I don't see him the way they used to. I don't feel him the way they used to. I don't talk to him the way they used to. Can I tell you something? The master never quit being the master just because he was gone from this earth. And the master is coming back. And when he comes back, when he comes back, there will be a day of reckoning for what you did with what he gave you when he left. Matthew has a few references to this. In the Sermon on the Wheat and Tares, Jesus says that when judgments come, those who are wheat will be gathered up and taken into the kingdom, and those who are tares will be burnt away like the chaff. Jesus talks about the good soil and the bad soil. The good and bad soil will be separated. The homes, Jesus talks about in Matthew, the homes with a solid foundation, that being Christ, will stand, and those who are built on the shaky ground will be washed away. The idea is this. Judgment is happening and it's happening in this story as the master comes back. It's happening on our spiritual journey as well. When the master comes back, there is a reckoning coming that is going to bring to light who and whose you are. No, 
notice something with me about the servants who have done well for the Lord. They come with an excitement before the master. You gave me five, Lord, and look what I did. I was faithful with what you gave me. You gave me five, and look what happened, Lord, with what you gave me. Why is he so excited? Because he understands that in the day of the return of the master, he will be found faithful when his account is reconciled. You say, well, how can one be so sure and excited? Can I tell you how come I'm sure and how come I'm excited that one day Jesus is coming back? I can tell you that because I understand that my day of reckoning and the reconciling of my account with God is not based on how good I am. It's based on how good he is. That by his grace he has set me free. And because he has set me free by his grace, I want to serve him until I can't serve him no more. I want to give until I got nothing left to give. Because he saved me in my muck and my mire and my nothingness that I was. And he set me free from that. And my friends, I am excited to see Jesus face to face. Why? Because there is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky and no more tears to dim the eyes when all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. Church, that ought to get you tore up from the floor up. I'm telling you what, you ought to have chills in your bones as you think about seeing Jesus face to face and realizing that right there, when you see him face to face, he's going to look at you, and if you're his child, he's going to say, Excellent, my good and faithful servant. Do you realize that's what that translates for? Well done is good, but you know what it really translates to in the Greek? It, it, it's, to, it's E-U, and it, it really translates excellent. Can you believe that? Jesus, who thought of everything, the word of God says nothing was created that wasn't created through him. Jesus, who spoke everything into existence, is one day going to look at you and say, excellent, my servant. Actually, excellent, my slave. Whew. I don't know about y'all. I like it when somebody tells me, excellent. It don't happen very often. But every once in a while, somebody will slip up and they'll say, that was excellent. Church, let me tell you something. Some of us need to put in the forefront of our minds that one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. You need to remember that one day you're going to see Jesus face to face. And we need to quit walking around like some pitiful, defeated, miserable persons who look like they got into a mess of green apples way too early in the season. That's what some of us look like. I'm going to church today. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved no matter what they do. I'm like a Baptist that's planted in my pew. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. Then you walk out of here, and you go out in the world, and everybody you runs into thinks you're the illest person that ever lived. And you ain't got no joy in your heart, and you ain't got no joy in your life. Can I tell you something? If you're a child of God, joy ought to be oozing out of your pores. Joy, can I tell you something else? This, this is free preaching. Joy ain't got nothing to do with your happiness. It ain't got nothing to do with your position. It ain't got nothing to do with whether or not the floodwaters came in your house this morning. Joy is based on your position with the Savior. 
Joy is based on knowing that one day there's coming a time where you're going to sit face to face with a Savior and there's going to be a reconciliation of your account and he's going to look at you and say, Excellent, my slave. Enter into the joy which is me. When you break that statement down the way it really is, Excellent, my slave, enter into the joy that is me. That's good stuff right there. Joy is Jesus. And joy is knowing Jesus. It ain't got nothing to do with how much money's in your bank account, whether or not your wife is happy or mad at you. It ain't got nothing to do with whether or not your Sunday school teacher did a good job this morning. It ain't got nothing to do with whether or not the water rose. That has to do with earthly happiness. That ain't got nothing to do with joy. Because if you can get earthly happy, you can get earthly unhappy just as fast. Uh, if you've lived long enough, you know what I'm saying. I've been on the mountain of happiness before, and 15 minutes later, been so mad I couldn't see straight. Why? Because it was based on something earthly. But joy is eternal. That's usually a Christmas message for Advent, isn't it? We'll get back there later this year. We ought to recognize we have a tremendous responsibility as the bride of Christ. The master is coming back one day. And when he does, all the sickness and all the tears and all the pain and all the things of this sin-sick world are going to fade away. And they're going to be gone in an instant. And that ought to get you just plumb excited. Because there's a reckoning, a true reckoning that is coming. But my friends, there is still one that we need to talk about. Because there's a true reckoning coming for him as well. That brings us to our last point. There's a true reckoning. There's a truth that's going to be brought to light. But my friends, there is a true reward as well. For the faithful servants, what is their reward? Well, we just talked about it. You're going to rule over many things. What's Jesus talking about? He's talking about his millennial reign, the time where he reigns over this earth, and the word of God says that we're going to reign with him. All of those who are children of God are going to reign with him. Join heirs with Jesus. I don't know about y'all. I like knowing that one day I'm going to inherit everything. I keep waiting on that rich unknown relative of mine to die and let me inherit something. But do you know what I do know for a fact? That one day Jesus is coming back and I'm going to inherit everything. That's good. That's good. Well done. Excellent, my faithful slave. Enter into the joy that is me. Come on. That is the reward for faithful obedience to the master is the joy of the Lord. But look with me at this last servant. He who had received the one talent. He says, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. That word there literally means calloused and unforgiving. What? He says, you reap where you haven't sown, you gathered where you haven't scattered seed. That literally means you, you take what isn't yours. What does that tell us about the servant? Well, it tells us that he's there in the kingdom with those who know the master, but he has no idea who the master really is. He has no idea who the master really is. Among those that were true, true servants, among those who called themselves true servants of the master is this one who deep down has no idea who the master really is. If he did, would you say that he would call him calloused and unforgiving and a thief? And the master shows the dishonesty in his statement in this way. He says, you wicked and lazy servant, if you thought that I reaped what wasn't mine and gathered where I hadn't planted, 
if you thought I was a hard man that was calloused and unforgiving, you wouldn't have dug a hole and brought me back that because that's not really what's due mine. You would have went and taken it to the bakers and at least brought me my interest that I would have gathered if I'd have just left it with them in the first place. Really say, you didn't, you didn't, you did worse than if you had done nothing. You hid it away, you could have at least given it to the bankers. You're telling me a story, is what the master's saying. What you're telling me is baloney. You just thought up this excuse because you realized I'd come back. And now you're saying, well, I thought you were a hard man and I didn't want to lose what you'd give me, so I hid it, and here it is. I brought it back to you. And he says, you wicked, lazy fool. You took the talent that I gave you. It would have been better off if you just would have said, I don't want it. Leave it at the bank. You squandered your life away. And what did Jesus say is the just reward for this life of disobedience? Verse 30 says, The unprofitable servant is cast into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That means at the wrecking, it was brought to light that he never knew the Lord and is cast to the suffering which we call hell today. Let me boil this down to the low gravy, as they say. When the master comes to town, it'll be just like the master in the story. The truth is going to come to light. And what did you do with your life? Did you respond in obedience to Jesus? Where glory is your reward? Or did you respond in disobedience, having never known the Lord? And your eternity is the outer darkness. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. When Jesus came to Jerusalem the first time, we read about it. Brother Ligon read about it to start the service. There were crowds of people, and what were they shouting? Hosanna to the king, glory to God in the highest. Hosanna is the one who rides on the donkey's colt. Hosanna! Jesus, 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 Jesus. But among that crowd were those who did not truly know who he was. How do you know that, Brother Jason? You wasn't around him that day. I know that. Because while they were shouting crown him on Palm Sunday in just five days, they're going to shout crucify him. In just five days, they're going to shout, free, free Barabbas, give us the murderer. G give us, do you realize... The word of God says Barabbas was notorious as a criminal. That means he was noteworthy. He was known as a criminal. He was that kid that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks that had robbed everybody blind, had murdered people, had probably taken advantage of women in a way that he shouldn't. He'd done all these bad things until he was noteworthy as a criminal. He was a menace to society. And the people said, we want him back in society. Crucify that Jesus. Five days earlier, Hosanna, Jesus, 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 Jesus. They could not have known Jesus if they were going to shout crucify him five days later. Can I tell you where I'm going with this? One day there's a day of reckoning coming. And your life will be illuminated. And I believe with every fiber of my being and every part of my heart, that there are going to be some in that day. They're, they're not the evil servant from Luke 19. No. 
They're going to be the ones who stood and pretended to know Jesus. They're going to be the ones who stood side by side with the true servants, and yet they were the tares. They're going to be those who looked just like the true servants. But instead of being true servants, Jesus is going to look at them, and instead of saying, excellent, my slave, he's going to say, I don't even know who you are. says to his slave, excellent, enter into the joy that is me. And then on this side he says, depart from me, depart from my joy. And from that moment on, there's no joy, there's no pleasure, there's an outer darkness because there is no light. Because for the first time in a person's life, the light which is God will be removed. The hope that is Jesus will be removed. The joy that is the Lord will be removed completely. And there in the outer darkness, there's nothing but the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. You know, I grew up hearing preachers talk about how hot hell is. And they would just really emphasize the fires and the burning and all that. But can I tell you something? The fire ain't your problem. The fire ain't your problem. It's the absence of God that gets you. Because you think it's bad now. God's hand is on everything still. But one day, the reckoning is coming and you will get your true, your just reward. You'll get exactly what you deserve in that day. Can I tell you something, my friend? The first time Jesus came on a donkey's colt, the second time he's coming astride a majestic white horse. And when he comes again, the word of God says in the book of Revelation, the word of God says that when he comes again, he's going to descend and he's going to come. And right behind him, there's going to be a whole bunch of people and they're going to be dressed in white robes. You know what they're doing? They're going to a battle. They're going to a battle. But you know what weapon they got? Nothing. You know why they ain't got a battle? Because the warrior's up front on the white horse. Do you know who's in that army? Me. I hope you, but I know me. I'm going to be in that army. I'm going to have my white robe on, I ain't even going to have a pocket knife, son. I ain't carrying a knife to a gunfight. I'm carrying a Bible to a war. And I'm going to ride right behind that Jesus who came in the first time on a donkey's colt. And we're going to send into a battle. And you know what the Word of God says Jesus is going to do? He's going to destroy everything that doesn't love him and worship him. And the Word of God says he's going to do it with the sound of his voice. Woo, we doggies. There's the greatest war that's ever been fought is going to be fought by a man with a voice. The same voice that created it all is going to put it in order at the end. And everything that survives is going to belong to him. It's going to love him. It's going to worship him. And God is going to give the son the keys to the kingdom that he deserves. And my friend, if you ain't in that winning army, then you're in the reckoning and you get your just reward to depart from the Savior because he didn't know you. So my question is this to you this morning. What are you going to be doing when the master comes to town? Will you be excited at his coming? Will you be joyous at his return to stand and fight with him in that battle? To stand with him and rule and reign for eternity? Or will you be found in yourself to be departing from the joy? My friend, you don't have to. You don't have to because that same Jesus who's coming on that white horse one day strapped himself to a tree. There were nails, but he didn't need them. He strapped himself to a tree. 
Friday night, we're going to talk about what he said. He said, it's finished. And when he said that, he meant your battle with sin was finished. He had defeated it. And then he defeated death by rising again three days later that you would not have to taste death if you would know him. What does the Bible say you must do to know him? The Bible says that you must confess him before men. That there's life and death in the power of your tongue. Would you come this morning? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you come? Let's pray. Father God, Father, I pray that if there's someone here this morning who has perhaps heard the gospel for the very first time, who has perhaps heard the truth, that Jesus, you're coming soon, and when you come, there'll be a day of reckoning, and the reward will be what we deserve, Father. But somebody's here, and they're thinking, I've never come to know Jesus as my Savior. I've never confessed him before men as my Savior. Father, would you give them the courage to come and say, Brother Jason, what's it mean to confess Jesus? And let's talk about that. Father, I believe that there's somebody here this morning who's been in church their whole life, who's cried out Hosanna over and over again. But deep down in their heart, Father, deep down in their heart, they know. They know that they don't truly know the Master. Jesus, would you convict them as only you can and save them as only you can. Give them the courage to come. To come and say, I want to give my life to the Master. And Father, I also believe in this house that there are those who say, Brother Jason, the Master has given me some talents that I'm not using. And I want to serve him faithfully and obediently that when he would return, I would go excitedly to his face and say, look what I did with what you gave me, Jesus. God, we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor because you alone are worthy of that for all that you do. Jesus, it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Please stand. Yeah. 
house of the Lord. Amen. A couple things as we close. One, I forgot to mention it earlier in all of the announcements, but sorry, forgive me. Uh, next week will be our Annie Armstrong uh, missions offering, so ask the Lord what he would have you uh, to give unto that. Uh, Annie Armstrong, of course, stays in North America, so Lottie Moon at Christmas is our foreign mission offering. Uh, Annie Armstrong goes to our cooperative program uh, to stay here in North America, so I want you to, to pray about that. We, we've got to where we do a one-week offering now because we found uh, honestly, you're more likely to remember one week than you are to remember week after week after week. So uh, the envelopes will be out next week, uh, and so that are there. Huh? The women's Bible study, the sign-up will be out for two weeks. So sign up in the next two weeks. Uh, it's over the book of Joshua. I will tell you it's a wonderful Bible study. It is a wonderful Bible study. Uh, and also, uh, as we close, something I want to put in your mind. Uh, has not has God not given us a beautiful building here at Rocky Mountain? Amen. But with this old bird comes some repairs. Okay, um, we've had a unit go out that's got to be replaced in the fellowship hall. Uh, praise the Lord for a member of the church who is very diligent to work to get us an absolute tremendous deal. Uh, on getting this unit and, and is going to put his labor and efforts into helping put it in. Uh, and I praise the Lord for that. It saves us more money than you could imagine uh, for them to be willing to do that. Uh, that being said, it's still a very expensive unit. Um, we have some repairs going on throughout. Listen, we haven't done much to the sanctuary as we were out of it last year, uh, other than the bare minimum that we had to. Sanctuary in the building kind of fell by the wayside as everything going on. So here's what I'm going to do. Not next week. Next week we'll do our Annie Armstrong apron, but following the next week. Uh, we did this a couple of years uh, ago for, for our summer missions efforts. Uh, this year we're going to, for the four weeks following Easter, uh, we're going to take up a second offering that will be put solely towards our building, towards the beautification, the updating, uh, and the repairs of our building. Uh, above and beyond what the budget is, above and beyond what your talents and tithes are, uh, that's between you and the Lord. But I want to ask you to give specifically uh, to our building. Uh, it, it needs some repairs. It needs some updating. Uh, it needs some things like that. So be praying about that over the next two weeks. Uh, we will take up a second offering. Uh, I'm not sure how we'll work that in the service, but we'll figure it out. Uh, but in the next two weeks, we'll figure it out. Uh, but I love this building with everything I have inside of me. It is beautiful. I am so proud. You guys have no idea. When, when people come out to look at this building, I'm so proud to give them a tour. Uh, I love every inch of it. That being said, uh, right now every inch of it needs some love. And it is our responsibility to love on it. Uh, so I want to ask you to uh, consider that. That will start the week after Easter. So I love you guys. Next week, Annie Armstrong. This week, all of our Holy Week services. I want to see you Friday night at 630. Good Friday service. It is finished. That will also be our communion service. 6.30? Yeah, sorry. 6.30? Uh, not 6. If you get here at 6, you'll just be early. That's okay. You won't be late. That's better. So uh, come out good Friday. I love you guys so much. Easter egg hunt Saturday night. And, of course, both services Sunday morning. So can't wait to see all you guys. I would like to ask Brother Randy Gross, will you close us in prayer?